0: or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com
1: going on, everybody? Welcome to the Sunday Show of Canvas Legalization News. Joining us is Dan... Dan, how do I pronounce your last name? Beats. Dan Beats. Beats. Right on. <coughs> Thanks for coming on, man.
2: What's going on in uh, Missouri right now? A great deal. We're implementing our medical marijuana law, which was passed in November of 2018. So it's been just over a year. State wow. issued 192 dispensary licenses. What? 192
1: dispensary licenses. Yeah. We only had 55 in Illinois for like four years. Uh, Now each one of those licenses, sometimes in different states, they have a license per location or sometimes a license might allow you to have like multiple locations. Uh, Mm -hmm. One license per location in uh, Missouri? Yes. Okay. And then uh, 192 dispensaries, how many uh, other licenses?
2: There are 60 licenses to cultivate commercially. There are 80, 80 some licenses to manufacture infused products. Uh, concentrates and things of that nature. And there are, there are uh, uh, 16, are 192. Uh, there are 10 licenses to test cannabis.
1: That's great. And so in Illinois, I, I people will call and ask about how they can become a cannabis testing lab. And I'm like, well, they provided in the law. They just haven't told us yet. And there's already people that are testing labs from the medical cannabis. So I'm glad that they already got ahead of that. I mean, that's probably going to be one of those Applications that'll come out uh, later. You know, they, it's, they, they consider it lesser. How many uh, cultivators? And were there different grades of cultivator or just a cultivator?
2: Single. Uh, they're all able to cultivate up to 30,000 square feet or up to 2,800 plants. And uh, some people have multiple licenses. Uh, so vertical integration is allowed? There is some of that. Yes. It's, it's nice. permitted.
1: Uh, so stack people. licenses, right? Like, so you'd have to win this license and win uh, that license, just yeah. Illinois. That sounds really good. Yeah. How your yeah. um, qualifying condition oh, right. That is something that uh, you know. Have so thank you for reminding us. I'm going to turn my t- computer to do not disturb because if I don't, people like to call me. It definitely must be a lawyer thing. Like, like
3: always, people trying to reach you on a Sunday. Like, no one cares about me on Sunday.
1: I oh, idea! How many emails and calls I've gotten today on a Sunday? No. Uh, you know, what, it, it's a booming it, industry. Are you any of the license holders. By me? Are you, are you Any of the license holders in Missouri? How many? No. Are, are Have you helped anybody with their licensing in Missouri? Great. Yes, wow. yes I. Did. So, uh, probably pretty busy now. You have to help the clients uh, with their paperwork and make sure that they're getting built and all that. Yeah, and appeals.
2: See, there were six times as many applicants as there were licenses being issued. Wow. So five out of six applicants are disappointed. Now, there's not that many individual applicants, but there were a very large number. So, many people were appealing the scoring system that the state used. And the state of Missouri has done a great job implementing our medical law up until they contracted with an event market to score the application. Oh,
1: interesting. Uh, Illinois is getting to that point right now, and everybody has the rumblings. And so I'm going to have to ask you to explain some of that and maybe share some uh, examples of the lawsuits against uh, the, the state because they also have Florida, and they're probably coming to Illinois after May because we had approximately – we had 4,000 applications – Unique application, like you know, the yeah. paper that they filled in for one of 75 licenses and 700 teams. So, that's 700 teams like tried to hack the system and applied 4,000 times for mm-hmm. 75 spots. That's it. Damn,
2: Let yeah. me tell you that, that our law, which is Article 14 of the Missouri Constitution, sets no maximum number, the state starts out has chosen to start out with a minimum number. Those numbers I just told you are the minimum numbers, but the state can issue as many licenses as it uses. So we're asking it to issue more licenses. And frankly, personally, uh, I like competition. I think there should be an open market and as many licenses as there are qualified applicants. Uh, I think the state's gonna wind up issuing more
1: licenses. I think that Illinois is probably going to be in a similar predicament. I mean, 40 million bucks the first month and not a scrap of flour and fight. Uh, So how long do you think it's going to take them? I realize the suing the state process is long and it's expensive. Hmm. But uh, how long do you think it's going to take for the winners, those lucky few winners, uh, to start operations?
2: Late, Late spring, most likely. Sometime in May, I would guess. Uh, the cultivators began cultivating this month, at least began setting up to cultivate. So okay, they broke
1: ground and now they're building their like depths or their indoors.
2: Right. Right. Dan, yeah, what
3: kind of uh, protections are you guys taking for medical for recreational? Cause you guys are trying to go recreational next step,
2: right? We are right now gathering signatures on a petition to place adult use legalization on the ballot this November. If we succeed and we believe we will, it'll be the soonest that any state has adapted has adopted uh, adult use after adopting medical use. Here's the article from
1: Cannabis Business Times on that, and you said it would be the soonest. And so we'll put a a link to this article in the description. So the soonest it'll be from passing medical to going to adult use, because adult use would have just been
2: two years because you guys did medical in 18? Yes, November 2018 to November 2020. Yes and uh, now south dakota may eclipse us you know, south dakota has both on the same ballot this fall oh wow but we'll hold that record for at least a brief moment
3: but it's only a matter of time before the rest of the states follow as well because i mean like california was uh, i think the you know the the pandora's box right it shows no one dies the
2: uh <laughs> uh <laughs> california, I guess. But, you know i i they grow delicious wheat. i want people to understand that that yes it's a matter of time but it's also a matter of work money a lot of people have to put in a lot of work and spend a lot of money money. and where does
1: that money come from they don't get it from a bank it comes from
2: different sources if you and i'm talking about campaign money here a lot of it comes from people who kick in five bucks but a lot of it also comes from people who hope to be in the industry or now who actually are in the industry who received a license for medical um we have to go uh we have to go everywhere we can Uh, missouri normal kicked in 2500 dollars. and we will continue. We hope we'll receive some assistance from National Normal. Uh, there are a wide variety of sources. Uh, there are some philanthropists who trust uh, a man named Graham Boyd, who's with the New Approach National Organization. And they tend to support the campaigns that Graham supports and he supports the Missouri campaign. So we are in good shape.
3: Nice. Well, like you're to get your medical as you're talking about always fighting and needing money, uh, because I know one of your counter medical programs was pretty much like a lock. Wasn't it a doctor behind it trying to lock in like licenses and everything like pretty douchey move when it comes
2: to, (laughs) you know, for patients, you know, for for being this plant that's for people. This is the first time Missouri. In November of 2018 was the first time there had been more than one medical initiative on the same ballot, and we had not two but three, three medical initiatives on the same ballot. One of them was supported by a doctor from Springfield, Missouri, uh, Dr. Brad Bradshaw, who uh, put a lot of his own money into that campaign. Essentially, he had one contributor to that campaign, and yet he would have set himself up personally as the czar of the entire program. He would have appointed the board of directors. He could put his family or his employees on there, um, he would have uh, put the highest tax in the nation on medical marijuana. But thank goodness the people of Missouri understood the difference, and they defeated that proposal. It only got a little over 30. We got 66%. Yeah. Now, one of
1: the questions that I have with uh, the differences between Illinois and Missouri's law, Mm -hmm. uh, in Illinois, for our adult use law, they put restrictions as to the number of licenses that any person may hold. Did they do that with the 192, or if I was an evil billionaire like the ones you guys defeated, could I have applied and have 192 times,
2: you know? No, I mean, certainly we wouldn't expect the state to issue those. Uh, but nonetheless, the, the amendment to the Constitution that we passed, Article 14, limits the number of licenses that any one entity uh, can have. That's great. What are the limitations? Well, I wish I could tell them all to you. <laughs> I, I believe it's five... Dispensary licenses, perhaps three uh, cultivation licenses. He has hegemony
1: then like oh, there's no there's no Google There's no McDonald's. There's gonna be no one player who just wow. dominates the brand We intended to not
2: allow that Good. I mean, we of- a lot of complaints about the rich people from out of state have gotten all the licenses Well, they didn't get all of them, but they got some of
1: them. Well, but think about it. I mean How well do people understand how the industry works? And The people that understand how the industry works are usually the people that are already in the
2: industry. Yes.
1: You know, and then it's a lot of time. It's a lot of money, uh, you said, and it is. And people are risking that time and money. And then they're going to go and find the people that they can find that give them the best chance of having a successful solvent business. And very often that means you have to partner with somebody from a different state, unless you've been working in your state, which it hasn't. I mean, it's coming to a new state. And so that's uh, the demand for grow talent is just going to be ridiculously off the charts for the next few years. That's right. Yeah.
3: If you're able to fund yourself, I think in that state, you you're already successful at being underground or black market or traditional market, whatever you want to call it. And that you do need that out of state money to help you uh, uh, get started. I think, you know, there's always going to be that, that funding. Cause, uh, but in Missouri, Dan, you guys, do you think you have the law enforcement trained yet? Because I know you were involved with that um, that one patient who was uh, uh, that cancer patient that filmed himself, um, you know, with being harassed by the cops for over yeah. the smell of weed or whatever. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> has that stigma, is it, is it going to go away eventually? Are, are these guys getting trained to stop harassing patients? Yeah.
2: I think they can be trained. They're not trained yet. They clearly don't know what the law says in many cases. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to overgeneralize. Some police, no doubt, have read the law, but the great majority have not. And it's 16 pages of fine print. So, you know, they're not going to know everything. But no, patients are still getting arrested here who should not be arrested. Uh, there's no no excuse, really, for police not to know what the law says. Uh, they err on the side of arresting people when they don't know. Yeah. Have- what are they going to do when
3: it's recreational? And that's, that's, I think, their scary part where they're like, I'll be confused. when it's- No, that just means you can't fucking that's detain me.
1: That's all that, that means. We have an ancillary business opportunity in the cannabis industry, training cops. So we're going to create a new uh, consulting service to train cops. Be like, can I arrest mm-hmm. them? No. Oh. Yeah. Can yeah. They
2: arrest me now? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some of them just don't want to be trained. They just don't. They want to, they're in denial, which they are. We have uh, we have
1: Warren Buffett's son is in one of our counties and funding it and just totally in denial. (laughs)
2: They're
1: they're arresting legal product. And you're just like, wow.
2: Well, that'll stop. That will stop. Soon they won't be able to claim they don't know the law. You know, ignorance of the law is no excuse for the rest of us, but it seems to be an excuse for the police.
1: Oh. But what was the name of the brothers that we had on, Miggy, from New York that were totally busted for, like, 106 pounds? Was that the Levy brothers? Yeah, but that was the Green Angel. I don't remember their names, per se, but, yeah. Yeah, the Green Angel CBD. They got busted right. by New York cops for over 100 pounds of CBD hemp flower. Mm-hmm. It's not, yeah. not weed. Right. You know?
3: But, you know, the ignorance of these cops of, like, still trying to chase, like, smell is crime. And like Dan was saying, it has to go away because you can't claim ignorance. with
1: means, Same yeah. means, you know, and so like if I was a dog, I'd be like, oh, that's that one plant that if I bark at, they give me a treat.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I'll bark at it. <laughs> that is the treat. Well, so Dan, um, that's, that's pretty cool. Why don't you explain uh, the bill that you guys and it's not a bill, the ballot initiative that you're supporting uh, for the election this fall.
2: Well, first off, it's a constitutional amendment. And in Missouri, as in many other states, 25 states have the initiative process available, 25 don't. Of those who have it available, not all of those states allow, not all of those states allow a constitutional amendment by initiative, but we have that option here. The great advantage to proposing a constitutional amendment over a statutory initiative is that the legislature cannot undo a constitutional amendment. They will immediately undo a statutory amendment. Now, they make it a lot easier.
1: Oh, wow, wait. So, you're actually saying that uh, the Missouri legislature would be like Arizona in 1997 and undo any ballot initiative that was passed by the people mandating that they wanted medical marijuana?
2: Mm -hmm. If they can. But they can't undo it if we make it a constitutional amendment. Now, that requires almost twice the number of signatures, but it's well worth the effort. You don't want to do all that work and have them just undo it, which which they will do. Wow. So, you guys passed a
1: constitutional amendment in 2018. We did, and we're going to pass another one. I wonder, out of all the ballot initiative states, how many of them use the constitutional amendment process versus how many just did a ballot initiative
2: statutory aspect? I, I don't know. I'm sure not all of them have that option. These are
1: the reasons why we have this Cannabis Legalization News podcast to discuss these fine nuanced to legal issues about how did cannabis become legal. And it's and it's different in every state. It's yeah. amazing. Well, then, right. uh, then, yeah, go ahead, bro.
2: Well, the, the, uh, uh, the fact is that the Missouri General House, in some states, in some states, they have only statutory initiatives, but there's a restriction on the ability of the legislature to undo the will of the people. Here, we don't have any restriction on their ability to undo it. So it's especially important that, uh, that it is a constitutional amendment. If you think about the nature of an initiative, it is almost by definition something that the legislature is not willing to do. Otherwise you just go to the legislature and they would do it. But right. it's not unique to this issue. I mean any issue where the legislature is behind the people, that is to say behind in the sense of behind them in the evolution of their of their thinking. Um, and medical marijuana was an excellent example. We knew a solid majority of Missourians supported medical marijuana. We knew the legislature had been ignoring bills since 1975 all the vote oh. a bill that filed. So it's it's always something the legislature doesn't like <laughs> yeah. using an initiative. What in, was the uh, vote in
1: 2018 when you okay. passed uh, when you passed it? What did you guys pass by? How how much did it
2: pass by? 66. percent wow. All right. All right. So that was but, exactly what our polling showed in advance. And what, so you're polling
1: for the amendment that you want for the adult use bill. Well, we we have very
2: strong polling for it as well right now. What's that polling? Um, about the same. Oh wow, nice. Not quite the same, but growing very quickly, and that's what's key. And
1: I think Illinois, like legalizing, and you know, they just look across the river and like they're fine.
2: That's right. Yeah. 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 We think Illinois is going to have a very positive influence on Missouri, uh, making especially legislators on the eastern side of the state, the entire east border of Missouri, of course, is the is the border with Illinois. Um, we think that those legislators are going to understand that for one thing, our tax dollars are going over to Illinois. Some Missourians are actually going to cross that river, purchase cannabis in Illinois, pay Illinois taxes. Eight
1: million, eight million of the 40. It was 40 million for the first months of January, eight million was tourist cannabis buying yes, yes. Hey tom, you brought up
3: a good point tom about the uh initiative versus uh, uh an amendment type thing uh because things in the past have failed like in alaska there was the uh was in the 70s i believe dan i don't know if you know the history of the legal where it, it was legal you could have a couple plants but then it was overturned later if it was an amendment it wouldn't have been right am i
2: correct in thinking that yeah, yeah, it's a very interesting history. In the in state of Alaska, 1975, uh, the case was Rabin, R-A-B-I-N. A, a lawyer, actually, was arrested for marijuana possession and raised the defense that the right to privacy, which is explicitly protected in the Alaska Constitution, should include the right of adults to consume, possess, and, and arguably to cultivate cannabis in private and the Alaska Supreme Court agreed with that unanimously. they ruled that that is exactly the case. That's amazing.
1: I wish we had uh, enumerated, and I thought Joe Biden actually did a pretty darn good job on his debate performance on Friday night when he described the federal right of privacy and the non-enumerated right that it is in the Constitution, how he defended that. But that's fascinating that in Alaska, they actually said, right to privacy, and they never had to, see, Maybe one of the things that they did, the the, the judges in the Supreme yeah. Court over time, is they kind of invented this right to privacy, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's the Roe versus Wade case that right. it depends on that, but there's no explicit right to privacy in the Constitution, but in
2: Alaska, evidently, there is. Huh. Yeah. Texas, the uh, uh, case that overturned uh, the law against gay sex, mm-hmm. Uh, very strongly supports the argument that we also have a right to control our own bodies when it comes to well, substance. This right to privacy,
3: then, it would, would probably be like a definition of like a American right, though, right? Kind of like a, a civil liberty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would that be on that level? So, so that way um, the cannabis consumption, and really also religious, I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, right? If you believe yeah. in cannabis or
1: yeah. Uh, there are some religious uh, arguments in, in courts where they say, I'm supposed to be able to use cannabis for my religion. And those have so far always proved unsuccessful. But uh, I think it's quite a. Go ahead,
2: Dan. It shouldn't require a religious argument, you know? I mean, I'm I'm uh, certainly a supporter of the First Amendment and all its provisions, of freedom of exercise, but also the freedom from religion. And you shouldn't have to ascribe to some religion in order to have a right to control your own body. Certainly. <laughs> Wade Warren's versus Texas did not hinge on any kind of religious argument. So, um, yeah, I would hate to see that be the basis for for legalization.
3: But, but I mean, what's the definition of religion? I mean, as far as believing in some imaginary characters, right? So, I believe in the imaginary characters of cannabis. So, Um, (laughs) the
1: imaginary terpenes and the imaginary they are not imaginary. They are delightful. But uh, that's <laughs> exactly. And so I wonder if we could uh, hazard a constitutional challenge based on the rights to privacy to legalize cannabis at a federal level. At all levels. Now, that's one of the pieces that I just did uh, last week. I did a bit on Bernie Sanders' position piece where he said that he would legalize cannabis by executive order on day one. And he kind of yeah. dug into the executive yeah. order aspect. And so, do you think that he has the? Because, like, with the Donald Trump presidency has taught us anything, it's you can do it. You just might not get away with it, you know. And so, uh, so he can do it. But do you think he'd get away with an executive order? No,
2: no, I think Bernie's over promising there. I appreciate him pandering to us, you know. I really, <laughs> any, any serious candidate for president who wants to pander to us is is a good person. But I, I want to do want to point out that Joe Biden and Mike Bloomberg are not our friends. All of the other Democratic candidates support legalization. But Biden and Bloomberg do not. And Biden reinforced that position recently. He did. No one should be fooled. They will not support legalization. Uh, Anyone but Biden or Bloomberg on the Democrat side will support legalization. Well,
1: we really need to get uh, the Senate on board with legalization because the Safe Banking Act hit the brick wall in the Senate when it came down to Mike Grappo. And, um, just three votes. So like, I don't know how it's shaping up, but hopefully, even if Trump's still manning the wheel, uh, hopefully by then uh, the, the Senate might be under Democratic control and then it would advance because your industry in uh, Missouri is going to probably right now feel very real pain when they try to get their banks. And, and then after they find that bank, they're going to be getting real pain in the tune of juiced interest rates, monthly fees, all sorts of stuff. they have to pay through their teeth on because it's Mm -hmm. illegal
2: there are a few banks who are sticking their necks out and experimenting and seeing uh how how much they can get away with some of our business people are banking out of state uh but it's a shame and you're right now more and more this becomes a bipartisan issue as time passes there are more republicans coming on board but right now you're exactly right if we had a democratic majority in the senate we would pass the banking act we might pass the more act you know, the Moore Act is making real progress and the Moore Act would essentially repeal federal prohibition. It would not legalize in all 50 states, as Bernie says he will do, uh, but it would remove the federal prohibition. And I am so sick of hearing from the courts and from the cops that, you know, it's still against federal law as it justifies anything they want to do. They can ignore the Missouri Constitution because it's still against federal law. Well
1: oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're not a federal employee, you're trying to enforce the Missouri laws. Yeah. So you know, are drink,
3: separate drinking fountains. Were, we're federal law. I mean, you're not right with whatever they, they say, but um, um you had several good points, and I wanted to 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 touch upon them, but I'm a little high right now, and I just kind <laughs>
2: of <laughs> you know, It is very important that we that we end the federal prohibition. right now, I oh, I've got clients. Sure. Hang on to that thought right again. Yeah, yeah. I've got clients who are being arrested. They haven't been convicted of anything, but our courts are drug testing them as a condition of being out on bond. Yeah. And- as positive. Even medical patients who have the right to use under Missouri's constitution are being thrown in jail because the judge says, well, I ordered you to obey all laws, and I mean federal as well as Missouri laws, and so you broke the federal law. Well, Judge, you ain't a federal judge. You ain't got any federal jurisdiction. The feds aren't going to bother my client. Where do you get off thinking you can throw my client in jail because— against federal law but that's what we're up against yeah, I
3: mean, not, not, well just like the police didn't enforce that law you, you, you know well, uh, they yeah. take it upon themselves to, to it's still federally illegal which is most the voters
2: spoke they can't enforce federal law legally yeah You're or not, you shouldn't have no jurisdiction over it's federal job yeah but yeah. then
1: uh, yeah, we have the same problem in Illinois where if you, and it was just at uh, an event yesterday for cannabis. And one of the aspects of the cannabis law in Illinois, and I believe also in the Moore Act has to do with this expungement deal. So that you have a lot of people that work for uh, for a department of corrections or law enforcement. And that, so it's very similar in Illinois. If somebody's on parole, even though there's this, legal substance and they also might have their medical card mm-hmm. they're still instructed not to use their their cannabis yeah,
3: yeah. well it's, it's even worse though if they're allowed like like in uh, Glenn was our, our guest and then he's going through a, a trial in Ohio yeah. and uh, uh, they're in trouble for their medical grow going again going with the state's law like being in accordance of at mm-hmm. the same time they uh, as they're waiting for the case, they're allowed to smoke. Like, like they're It's like, okay, we agree this is medicine, so so take your medicine. We don't want to stop the medicine, but also you're in trouble for your medicine. Yeah. Uh you know, but oh yeah. my point earlier was though about like with the Trump shit and then the president being king and, and just saying, Okay, hey, how many dummies we're legal? I know everybody argues that okay, he can't, they can't because of this president or that president. But what if he just made it a schedule two or something? Deschedule. Okay,
1: like if you do it, you can do it, you know, yeah. and then like can they catch you? Sure, they're going to beat you. They're going to convict you yeah. right now. Yeah, you, can, you, sure. you can do it, and that's the, and then we get so shocked about that. But then George W. Bush with torture, yeah, you can do it. You're going to get in trouble later. You'll probably still get away with it, but you can do yeah. it. And so well, you can foreign aid, or, can, But or. that that was the thing on the Bernie Sanders aspect of it, where if you go too far with your executive orders and you actually start making law, you not you're not supposed to do that. And so, like, could Bernie's executive order be like, we don't care that it says that? So then he's directing them to not enforce as opposed to, uh, you know, uh, actually legislating and says, from now on, it doesn't say that, you know, that's the difference. But then uh, if he really believes it's unconstitutional because it invades your right to privacy, then he could say we're not enforcing it because it's unconstitutional and
2: invades your right to privacy. Bernie might have the authority to de-schedule. You know, there's the concept of rescheduling, moving it down the schedule of controlled substances, which is really a, uh, ironic name, they're uncontrolled substances, but the prohibited substances, the five schedules of prohibited substances, um, you can move it down to two, three, four, uh, you know, and it's still gonna be uh, require a prescription, a real prescription from a pharmacist. Uh, and that's not what we want. We wanna remove it altogether from the controlled substance schedules, just like alcohol and tobacco, far right. more dangerous, far more addictive drugs, but they're not scheduled and marijuana should not be either.
1: And that's what the Schaefer report said in 1972. That's one of the things that it just sucks so much. And you have to, I mean, getting back to, yeah, he can do it and he'll probably get away with it. You know, Dick Nixon and the Controlled Substances Act itself. How did he get the Democrats on board? We'll study it. We're going to put it in Controlled Substances. We'll schedule one right now. And then part F for the Controlled Substances Act. We'll go study it. And they come out. then get but, you know, I think Dan had a point earlier that I'd like to bring back to is uh, when
3: you talked about because of the, we're, it's a Senate Republican right now. And if we can just get a, get ahead of these guys or have a Democrat, I don't think the drug war has affected so many people and, and done so much damage to America that you're not Democrat, Republican. It's just like we got to point to each person like how many more people have to get fucked by the prohibition itself in each state. And then you have to go to each person who's against this, against our changing the rules and be like, look. Look at your district, or look whoever. Yeah, there's meth. I mean, that's bad. We can all agree that's bad. Uh, right. uh, uh you know, but uh, jaywalking, and this is, but that's the morality of marijuana. It's not any of these. It's it's even safer than cigarettes. I mean, if you have a friend that has smoked cigarettes, take their cigarettes away for a day or two and see how that works out. Take the yeah. cannabis away from a, a smoker, you're just kind of like, fuck. I heard a little bit more today, and
2: kinda like coffee. Yeah. 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 You might miss it, but you're not going to be sick.
1: a little pissed off maybe like i don't talk to me before i've had my coffee
3: case of the mondays and then you get better no matter what
2: Mm -hmm.
3: but for sure and then then like uh uh, tom uh, i don't know dan have you ever been to uh, seattle hemp fest
2: oh yeah yes it was amazing experience back before 2012 when it wasn't really legal uh but the police did not care. The police were actually being what police ought to be. They were there to protect us. They were there to stop fights, although I didn't see any fights break out.
1: I didn't see any fights at HempFest last year, Meggie, did you? No, they never happened. You know, the only time they need paramedics is they had a square just for frisbee, and I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, we're in Seattle. There's a square for frisbee. And sometimes the cops play with you.
2: (laughs) HempFest is probably still the world's largest gathering of legalizers. And uh, Hemp Fest is a wonderful event. Um, Madison, the uh, the uh, Harvest Festival uh, in Madison is a great event. that still goes on each year. And up in Ann Arbor, they have the April Fool's uh, Weekend uh, uh, event up there on, on, that, on the Ann Arbor campus. Uh, those are all great events that have been going on year after year after year for, for a long, long time.
1: Are you going to organize any cannabis events in Missouri
2: or help uh, organize anyone's? We have had in the past, you know, we've had several, uh, for several years, there was an event down in Joplin, Missouri, of all places. It's and Decker park and old amusement park grounds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, we had an annual cannabis revival, like an old time religious tent oh, revival. Wow. Oh wow! At least that was the concept <laughs> and uh, well, a lot of music and a lot of speakers in between the music and, and, uh, just a real good time. Um, there will inevitably be more of those in the future. In fact, yeah, we- I want to
1: help organize one for the craft growers here, like a craft cannabis cup, but then it's not enough just to have the uh, the hemp, you know, the, the smoking cup, you know, to say like, oh, this is the best craft cannabis that came out of mm-hmm. Illinois. You know, mm-hmm. then you also need to have like the booths where you're talking mm-hmm. about genetics and you have to have the booths where you're talking about, you know, activism and how, because the laws
2: are okay. Now, I- go ahead. One of the things in our adult use initiative that we're now gathering signatures for uh, is that it would create, in addition to the 192 medicals, which could also uh, sell uh, non-medical cannabis uh, when this passes, it would also create at least 148 new micro-business licenses. And these are intended to help minority group members, people of modest means, disabled veterans in particular, uh, have the inside track. Now they'll probably need partners. They'll need people who have capital to work with them, but they will be in control of these licenses. And these will be vertically integrated licenses. The holders of the micro businesses will be able to grow up to 150 plants at a time. They'll be able to uh, either sell that to other uh, licensed dealers or retail it themselves. And they can also create manufactured products, edibles and concentrates uh, with the cannabis they raise themselves. What? So those are pop craft businesses. Why did you pick
1: 150
2: flowers, as a, I'm sorry,
1: 150 plants, as opposed to a square footage of flowering and canopy?
2: Uh, I don't know. Honestly, uh, we did talk about In, in terms of our, our commercial uh, cultivation licenses, it's either one. It's, it's, you know, whichever is greater, either 30,000 square feet or 2,800 plants. Um, uh, I honestly can't tell you I didn't write that particular provision myself. Um, it seemed like a reasonable number, <laughs> and no one really is. It, it, it would impact the methods that you'd use to grow.
1: Like, if I had to uh, grow plants and I had like a flowering canopy square footage, I'd be like, all right, well, let's talk about how we flower this room. But then if I had like 150 plants, that said, it'd be like, we got to flower this different. I mean, like, we're going to have some amid yeah. in here. How, how high are the ceilings? You know? Um, That's
2: right that's right no it's i know there a lot of uh you know what i think is most important though i mean well you know I, I certainly support the industry uh and people who operate uh ethically within the industry but we are very committed in both our medical and our adult use laws to preserving the right of individuals to cultivate for themselves and uh, our medical law says that patients can grow up to six mature plants six flowering plants the state has interpreted that to mean that you can also have as a patient up to six um, uh, sprouts or 14 oh, wow. inches six more above 14 but not yet flowering I'm so and- glad you picked a reasonable roof level we picked five inches yeah
1: no sense because like 14 inches like I was talking to people in the industry here and they uh-huh. tell me that they don't even RFID tag them until they're about like a, a foot and a half, you know? So like mm-hmm. they, they could RFID tag them maybe when they're like 14 inches, but you know, you don't want to damage the plants when it's that yeah. small. Right. And so uh, five inches.
2: We hope that'll work well. It was actually the state that chose that number. That was not in Article 14. Uh, but I think, I think they've been very good in terms of interpreting the spirit and the intent of Article 14. But they just picked the wrong people to score these applications.
3: What are you guys doing for recreational for home grow? Are you, is that going to be included as well?
2: It's going to be uh, the adult use will also include home grow, but not as much. Uh, it'll guarantee three mature plants. So we expect that'll mean three under 14 inches, three over 14 inches, and three mature plants. Enough to keep anyone supplied if you rotate those plants. Uh, yeah,
1: like you're gifting cannabis. So like, I'd be like, oh, I got the white. You got over there, GC number four. All right, let's swap. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, that's the great thing about, uh, uh, Tom, uh, I, I talk of the Lord days here in Washington when we had uh, markets and, uh, you know, that was a lot of craft. People who had six, ten, ten plants, you know, weren't smoking it all themselves, but they'd bring it two pounds in a jar, sit down and uh, you could interface with it and then uh, uh, they would wait out for you right there and you go home and have a good
1: day. I mean... Yeah, like, seriously, we can do this with lettuce. Are I- you telling me that we can't do it with cannabis. It's like, no, we need that purity tested for all sorts of things that might be in there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, shouldn't we be doing that with our like our strawberries? You know, I'm not, I believe mm-hmm. in bar beware. Like, it, Exactly
2: right.
3: Uh, but you know, yeah. also the re- the regulation side of things, where um, I my my uh, you know Tom being the, the grown up and lawyer in the in our, in our in our in our relationship here, he's very adamant that all things require laws. Whereas I. Yeah. You know what? There should only be lab regulation when it comes to cannabis. Like that's the one law that should be. I mean, if it comes to the consumer market, right? If I, I can go to a farmer's market and go buy some, I'm down to, to buy some untested weed. But I'd also like in the consumer market, they all should be tested because there are people using Azimax and shitty fucking pesticides and not flushing their stuff right or um, just not doing the right things when it comes to. Because you can make money at this. Let's let's face it. If you can make good money, you're gonna try and cut a little bit of corners, but that's not who I want to deal with. But in, in, in a market, cannabis, like a uh, herbal open market, you're not going to deal with that kind of person because really? you're still a small grower, branding, trying to get your, your name out there, your reputation. It's all about reputation, right? So mm-hmm. I think you guys can in, in, uh, hopefully get that uh that little market, underground market thing going. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we had the advantage of looking at the 32 other states that preceded us in terms of what medical laws are working well and which were not. And so we, we tried to cherry pick the parts of those laws that, that were the best, of course. And uh, we had some great help. We had uh, Tamar Todd, who used to be with Drug Policy Alliance. She's now teaching at, uh, I believe, Stanford Law School. Um, and um, some other great people who really know the national scene uh, who helped us draft both of these proposals. Um, you know, one of our greatest supporters. Rick Steves. You guys know oh, Rick yeah. Steves, the travel yeah. director. Yeah. Uh, no, He's an advocate for legalization. We're going to have to try to book him. Rick is a great man, yeah. uh, very generous with his time and his money in support of adult legalization. Uh, Rick's a member of Normals National Board of Directors, as am I. Uh, you know, recently, we, we elected another uh, semi-celebrity uh, to uh, Normals Board, and that is Joe Bondi. Now, Joe Bondi is the lawyer who represents Lev Parnas. Oh, right? yeah ukrainian yeah. <laughs> uh former friend of, of giuliani and our president uh lev uh and joe have been all over the mainstream media you know on the on the rachel maddow show and oh, they wouldn't let lev, They would, didn't want to hear from lev in congress so by god lev just went to the people directly and when when his sentencing comes up uh i know mr bondi's going to say judge lev did his level best to cooperate with the prosecution of Donald Trump. He Mm -hmm. did everything he could to get the president removed from office and since Congress didn't want to let us testify, by God, we testified on the news. And I think he's doing a great job for his client. Um, I think, yeah, he's
3: got a great defense as far as like, look, man, you know, if if you're dealing with the king and the king tells you to do something, you're like, fuck yeah, dude, it's fucking hookers and blow from here on out, but (laughs) this guy threw him under, you know, this goes to show you that, I mean, hell, this is off-cannabis topic, but the guy is a bad businessman, period.
2: I mean, the guy just wasn't. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, you know, uh, the president seems to think that he's bulletproof, but I, I think we're going to find out otherwise in November. Oh, uh,
1: that- uh, yeah. I get that. I, I think that I've already pretty much written off the election in November. Like, he's he's got another four years. And I, I would not be surprised if the stock market just overinflates itself for no good re- reason, and, oh, no Bernie, no, uh, what's the other lady's name? Lady Bernie Sanders. Oh, you yeah. know, no, no weirdos are coming into this this uh, presidency and then screwing up the economic system that we have. I don't think the, the market would hate if Bloomberg was in office, but they would... Uh, yeah, well, well, the market likes fucking,
3: corporate Sanders, fucking socialism. It enjoys corporate welfare. That's why the market fucking gets a hard-on for Trump. I'm saying, you know, that's... It's all fake, you know, inflated numbers. Like you said, <laughs> you know, if I'm an investor and the asshole in charge is going to like protect my shit by killing my kids. Eh, well, you know, I mean, well, not my kids,
1: but their kids. <laughs> well, and he, he's, but that's what happens. And so like, he's just going to unregulate or deregulate, they call it. So there'll be less and less regulation at the uh, federal level and somebody will be asleep at the switch and then the stock market will sell off a bazillion percent and we'll have another debt
2: crisis. But that's, hey. that's what happens. Everything that goes up comes back down. That's yep. a general rule that you can rely on. Hey, before we wrap up here, could I put in a plug uh, for a radio program that I do each week? Uh, there's a radio station here in Columbia, Missouri, KOPN 89.5 if you're within our broadcast range, but around the globe at KOPN.org, Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, and I hope I'm going to have Joe Bondi on the show this this Tuesday night. That'd be awesome. Yes. Very interesting guests on that program. And, and uh, I urge people to to mm-hmm. tune in. All right. We'll make sure to put a link into
1: the uh, the description below. And then we'll also put a link in uh, the little page that we make. Because one of the things that we yeah. do after our write up is sure. uh, one of the And if you guys want to like try to get on Cannabis Legalization News, head over to Cannabis dot com. And that's where you can subscribe and find out uh, you know mm-hmm. what we've been up to. On the internet and and then sometimes of course after we have these uh, conversations we make pages like this and so we'll also be able to put a link to your site here it's uh dan vice
2: vets dan Dan beats k-o-p-n uh dot org is where you can hear it live streamed and archived and the program is called sex drugs and civil liberties nice drugs and civil liberties you discuss
1: all things about personal freedoms, it sounds like. All important things, yes. All the important things. Well, that's awesome, you know. And I'm um, really am excited to have you back on in about uh, 10 months. And hopefully then you're reporting that not only did you guys legalize medical cannabis, mm-hmm. two years later you legalized adult use cannabis by about yes. the same amount, which is yes. fascinating. We expect that to happen. When can I go finally get some uh, – now, hang on. Let's not wrap up yet. We still have some time right. um, because then, I got a medical card. Can I use my medical card if I go to Missouri? Yes. Have, you have reciprocity.
2: That's yeah, one of the things we wrote in there is reciprocity. I've got a client right now who uh, is, has a card in the state of Oregon. And he came through Missouri, and he got busted. Uh, And uh, we're researching this, but it looks to me like he is well within the rather generous amounts allowed under Oregon law. So that's what our law says. If you're within the limits allowed by your home state, Mm. you're protected in Missouri. Of course, the Missouri cops don't know that. You might have to (laughs) get a lawyer. Well, unfortunately, the Illinois cops
1: don't need to know that because you are not as protected. It sounds like Missouri is beating Illinois at its game. We might have to go down to Springfield and be like, hey.
2: If you're a patient in Missouri and you go into Illinois and you buy some cannabis, you're not supposed to bring it back into Missouri. But if you do, you're protected the moment you cross that river.
3: But the fact that you got cops that even try and pull people over for that bullshit reason is just shows that we got a lot of work to do. Yeah.
2: We have a lot of work to do. We got to de-schedule federal law. That's what Bernie should do the first day he's in the office. Remove cannabis from the federal controlled substance schedules altogether. Absolutely, we've been saying that for a
1: long time, and it's the way that a lot of these criminal laws are written at the federal level. They don't say shit or you know cursing. Who cares? It's the internet. Uh, on uh, on on what substance it is, they say it's a controlled substance or what level of controlled substance, and that's a a different crime. So if the list just doesn't include
2: it, you're fine. Mm-hmm. That's right. For instance, uh, kratom. A lot of cops want to believe Kratom is illegal. It's not, not yet anyway. There are bills pending to outlaw Kratom in our legislature and many legislatures, but I don't believe Kratom's been Ill, uh, illegalized or prohibited. Yeah, prohibited. You guys, you guys haven't experienced that, uh, that weird
3: Kratom outbreak yet? We're, you have zombies walking around all create I'm just fucking... There's,
1: that's not a fucking thing. Have you ever done Kratom? I've never done Kratom. I, mean, I did. I
3: have. It makes you like drunk feeling kind of a little highish. Uh, you mix it in like water. It tastes like shit. It's like licking uh, Satan's asshole. Um, it's like dirt. Oh, selling it. <laughs> Yeah.
2: I've heard that, but I had some kratom tea one time that was very pleasant and and gave a mild and pleasant buzz, you know.
3: Yeah, it's nothing, uh, who to do about. I mean, then sometimes people have violent reactions.
1: I could have, I could have kratom tea and kind of get a little fuzzy,
3: yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's all it does, and that's where the the the, the why kratom being is being picked on because it actually has helped people with addictions and it has helped because you know, as
1: uh, human beings, we like to get fucked up, we'd like to party on. We do. I mean, like that's that's one of the reasons why the prohibition for alcohol and now the prohibition for cannabis is just failing
2: on a daily basis. Yes, undeniably, you're right. There is a human need to alter consciousness.
1: Yeah, historically, I mean, well, I mean once we come to grips with our consciousness, the first thing we want to do is alter it. It's like, yeah, right? <laughs> what? A finite amount of time. Yeah. Going around what? A big ball of gas is terrible. Yeah.
3: You know, we do alter our conscious like throughout the day, though. Like, start you start with a cup of coffee to get into yeah. that one conscious, you know, and then you work your way through. Maybe, maybe you're you're having the hangries. Maybe you uh, have some like hey, a hey, eggs and, hey, and, hey. and uh, some uh,
1: orange juice. Now you're happy again. You know, we have well, these. Yeah, the blood sugar spikes. Yeah, consciousness. I, I like to practice yoga, and I'll do it before I eat in the morning. And sometimes I'll stand up too fast, and then you almost feel like you're gonna pass out. That's not three consciousness. It's just right. your, your blood pressure being low,
2: but some people just stand up and spin around to get that feeling, you know? Uh, Damn right. You're a little kid. You know, that, that's kind of a new feeling. Oh yeah, I can make myself dizzy. <laughs> uh,
3: now you just do it on purpose when you get older or by accident. You're like, whoa. How long
1: have you yes. <laughs> been in
2: practice, Dan? Thirty-three years. Huh. 33 years. Has it always been cannabis related? All over the state of Missouri doing primarily cannabis cases, you know, other drug cases, and occasionally something outside that area. But, wow, it was pretty much marijuana cases. Yeah. myself out of a job. You know, I don't want to have any more clients well, arrested.
1: Yeah, but after 33 years, you know, it's a full career. But then, you know, the, the other thing is there's this whole other aspect of it. And so I, I joined Normal, at all, of course, but I really? was never a uh, – yeah, but I was never a um, – a normal member for the defense. I was always a normal member for the industry, you know, because uh, my background in law has always been for business. I see. And so, um, But then I had a, a passion for history and then also writing and then cannabis. And then from the, learning the history and then like liking to write. And so that's why I wrote that book you know, 10 years ago. And it is a fascinating, absolutely fascinating American history story. And then we feel like uh, we're a part of it, which is great. And that even reports from weed on a
2: weekly basis. Cannabis prohibition really illustrates the tremendous uh, power of the United States in the 20th century. The fact that because Harry Anslinger and, and, and William Randolph Hearst and a few other influential Americans decided we had to crack down on cannabis, they, they managed to persuade, they managed to coerce the entire world into entering into the so-called single convention treaty, which supposedly forces every nation on Earth, virtually every nation on Earth, to outlaw cannabis. But, you know, apparently it's not a problem anymore. Apparently the single convention treaty doesn't mean as much as we thought it did. Anslinger thought he had locked in pot prohibition forever when he got that treaty done but uh
3: they're still scared too because we just talked about remember tom the uh the letter that was sent to who you know the world health organization who are considering the you know labeling cannabis
1: and you know <laughs> well, you don't, you don't uh, that regulation I, anymore from 1961.
3: just that <laughs> letter alone is most retarded fucking, it had no science no it was just like hey we don't want to give the wrong impression to everybody else that this is okay like there's no like uh trees are falling planes are coming down situation you know we better not fucking have any more cannabis users you know it's just like let's not give the wrong impression
2: absolutely absolutely you know you mentioned the shaper commission also and that was a very important historic development uh, are you familiar with the francis young's decision the chief Administrative Law Judge. Oh, yeah. The Chief Administrative Law Judge, Francis Young's decision
1: from the 80s that got very mad at them for saying that there was because the Schedule 1 classification is really three things and it's unsafe, no medical use and uh, highly prone to abuse
2: or something like right. that. Exactly.
1: Well, Potential for abuse. I, and it, it clearly to him had medical applications and this was in the 80s and so like now it would just be like well, why didn't you guys listen to that administrative law, John? And, and why know. did you make it illegal all those years ago? You know, what did cannabis do to Harry J. Anslinger? <laughs> I
2: mean, that decision has never been overturned. It's never been, it's never been changed. You know, it's still good law. And I just love to quote from Francis Young's decision. He says, among other things, that cannabis uh, is safer than many foods we commonly consume, that potatoes are more toxic than cannabis, that nobody has ever died from using cannabis in at least 5000 years of recorded history. He says that no one's uh, uh, been able to calculate a lethal dose of cannabis, but scientists have extrapolated that it might be 1500 pounds in 15 minutes. Now nobody's actually done that. Nobody's consumed 1500 pounds. And even if you made it into a dab, you know, I'm that. trying goddamn it, it doesn't work. Out. Said that, uh, he said that uh, the probably the greatest danger from marijuana is that if a bale should fall on you from an airplane, that could be fatal. Uh, but uh, I mean, he goes on and on these fantastic quotes um, about how safe cannabis, how aspirin kills hundreds of people each year, but nobody's died from cannabis. Yeah.
1: What do you think about the Thirteenth Amendment and how it, it it ended slavery, but then it allowed slavery for punishment of crime? Yeah, do you think the cannabis prohibition was just another way for the man? To keep the black man down it would seem so you know
2: there's uh there's a great book the new jim crow uh, Yeah, yeah. michelle alexander's yeah um, you there- know every time the dea uh researchers
3: comes out with a statement it's always uh it has no medicinal effects right do you guys think uh with now the cbd craze we can go look look
2: look i, <laughs> I mean it does have medicinal it, it does have medicinal effects i mean <laughs> dea yeah, I, we, we should all be challenging that Schedule One classification in, in every marijuana case. Um, and I fault myself for not doing it. You know, maybe we'll find a judge somewhere who's honest and who cares about the truth, uh, because you've got to ignore the truth in order to uphold Schedule One uh, scheduling. It.
1: You, you yeah. absolutely do. And like that was—that was what yeah. I said in the book all those years. And it just—and it after the the longer that Schedule One cannabis goes on, the more unconstitutional it is. Yes. And, and just the more unconstitutional it is, but because for some silly reason they believe it's a political issue as opposed to an issue regarding either your privacy rights or you know uh, your your rational basis because it's completely irrational, and then it's it's got racist underpinnings, and it's oh, yeah. allowing for slavery, and it's yeah. allowing for all these things, and then that you you the guys the power that they are saying that they're regulating this this plant is under the commerce power. And the mm-hmm. regulation is no, there's no commerce in it. It's complete prohibition. And it's just, it's it's oh, it's mindfully stupid and insane. And so like, because we say we're a nation of laws and this one exists, it almost really questions that.
2: Mm-hmm. There's an attorney who presented at uh, some normal conferences recently who has prepared and who has uh, developed uh, an argument on, on exactly that ground, that the whole basis of cannabis prohibition is racism, that its enforcement remains a racist uh, enforcement policy. The ACLU did a great study demonstrating the great disparity between enforcement against African-Americans versus European-Americans. Um, there's a very strong argument to be made that cannabis prohibition uh, is a violation of civil rights laws.
3: Well, who was the uh, uh, the Nixon uh, staff uh, admin member? A couple years ago, an article said, yeah, that's why we did it. And then, then there's Nixon on tape.
1: The damn Jews, the goddamn Jews. What the Christ is wrong with the Jews? I mean, I love that. He of himself because when you, but it, it's it's a shocking, shameful history of the, the United States, and it's fascinating. Kind of like looking at histories of uh, murders or murderers or something like that, because you're like, I can't believe that people would do that. Because how many people's lives have been absolutely shit ruined because of this law? How many people have lost not only their life? with their liberty, their property, and that it's and it's right there, unstudied. I think that's the other, you're supposed to find, like, that's why we have Congress. Congress finds facts to make laws, you know, and why they think that they have the ability to do the fact-finding after they've prohibited it, and then when the fact-finding comes back, they don't listen to it, and they, they say that they have a factual basis for this. Because it, then you get into the the, the, the there's a strong presumption for, towards constitutionality, and it doesn't matter what Congress actually found in the facts. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's just that it, you the more you learn about how how laws work and like how the Congress the, the cannabis law is an example of how they can be um, messed with, yeah. the more scared you become of of the laws that we have.
3: Could it also be looked at how um, kind of like. They're asking not the right questions, whereas uh, Congress should be asking, you know, how how can I make America better? Because right now they're they're trying to make us safe because, you know, we're all going to be addicts and uh, doing dirty things behind closed doors and all the other stuff that addicts do. But,
2: um, (laughs) you know, it's just Congress is very worried about protecting us from ourselves. Yeah, they they put us in prison because they're afraid we might hurt ourselves. And, yeah. and I'm so considerate of them, but I just, I just don't want that help. You know, I don't think yeah. I need that help. <laughs> I don't think that's the role of government in a free society. You right. Know, so I'm going to have to hang up here. I'm sorry, but I, I, uh, uh, I I've got some other commitments I've got to make. Uh, it's very, very nice talking with you. Great yes,
1: yes, thank you, for yeah, Dan. Appreciate it. We tried to wrap this up earlier, but then with cannabis, you can just get to talking. We'll see you next time.